welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. I I want to just say this messed up like you messed up like you. I, I want to talk with you about that. When you hear that messed up like you, you you all have heard me talk about and interview people for 20 years now, lots of interviews, lots of dialogue. But even more recently, you've heard me talk about what does it mean to have a sense that you're the only person in the world that feels like a loser. And yet at the same time, when you get somebody like Rick, Rick Cullerton joining me here today, highly successful, licensed pilot, entrepreneur, fastest growing uh, company, literally in the world of electronics. But more than that, when you hear a story and that story sounds like, oh my God, that could be me. Wait a minute. That could be me. Wait a minute. PTSD. Wait a minute. ADD, ADHD. Wait a minute. Confused, clueless, lost, and now success. You would think to yourself, can I ever get there? Today, we're going to share with you how this amazing individual went from messed up like you, still probably like me, I still think I'm messed up like you even today, but how flying to success creates a way, a portal for people to understand what they're truly capable of. Rick, it's so great to have you. Great uh, great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thanks, doctor. It's great to be here. Yeah. And I just want to say doctor was such a fluke for me to even be called the doctor. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Um, 35 rejections, I only applied because I lost my job. I mean, these are the kinds of things you can't plan. But I am so captivated because I told you, you and I had a little bit in common. When I was 17, homeless, didn't know where he's going to go. I tried to join the Air Force. I love to fly. Now, I've had to settle for skydiving. I'm okay with that. But I always wanted to be a pilot. And people looked at me and they said, nobody in their right mind would put you in a cockpit to fly a plane, Pat. Here you <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you, Rick? <laughs> oh. I have several friends, that, uh, including my wife, who won't get an airplane with me, even though I have. <laughs> they still don't think that there's any way that I could possibly be qualified to fly. <laughs> you know, let's just talk about this. Messed up like you, but also let's talk about your success. Um, people have often asked me about challenges. They've they've heard bits and pieces of my life, my story. I haven't shared it. I'm a, I'm actually a very private person. It wasn't until recently did I start to share this. What was it like for you to come out and say, I've got a story to tell and this story may help some people? What was underneath that and in your heart? Well, it, it came out in a rather unusual way and then it was accidental. My, my daughter had bought me a, a subscription for Christmas to something called StoryWorth and um, it would send me an email question every week and I would answer this question and um, I was writing privately on my computer and really kind of um, digging up some past that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And I was probably about maybe 13 or 14 weeks in when a relative wrote to me and said, I had no idea 
you had gone through this. And at that moment, I was like, who's getting these emails? And so by then, I it took another little bit, but I figured out there were several people when she signed me up for this thing, family members were getting these stories that I was writing. And it, it was just like, the first thought was panic and fear. Like, oh my, you know, these were not the things that I wanted, wanted released. And what did I write? The very first thing I did was go back there and read everything I'd written. It's like, what have I, you know, what have I told everyone? And um, well, you know, Pandora's box had been opened and I just continued. The, the questions came in automatically. I didn't have any control over them. I continued to answer them honestly, figuring at this point, you know, they already know, you know, the gig is up. And uh, then at the end of the year, my daughter uh, printed the book and gave it out to everyone for Christmas. And uh, again, it was like, you know, wow, um, <laughs> I see people reading this book and I, you know, I don't remember, you know, it took me a year to write all this stuff. I don't remember what was in it. And uh, it was a friend who was over at my apartment in Costa Rica in the hotel one day. Uh, she was reading this and, and said, Rick, you, um, you really, uh, you need to get this to more people. Um, this is unbelievable. She, of course, she knows me later in life, only sees the shiny side of things. Yes. Um, it also just happens to be someone with a very gritty past, um, a, a person with an incredible um, story. She herself was smuggled across the border in a tr truck to get her child out of Colombia. And just somebody that I have a lot of respect for and has been through a lot. And she says, you know, this, I think these would, this would help someone. And and, th and that's where it started. So the, this, um, this short, um, I think the story worth book was 50 pages or so. Um, we started with that and um, it went on and just kind of uh, brought in more, you know, I'm, I'm 56 years old and I started very young. So there's a lot more than I could fit in. in still, I want to keep everyone's attention. I can't, I can't put the whole thing in, yeah. in a book. <laughs> <laughs> or it becomes war and peace, but um, kind of gave them a taste of um, of the good and the bad, and um, that's just how this how the story just kind of came to be. I and then I love that you shared this because you know I want to talk about the notion of becoming a pilot too, because there's something about you and I that we adore about being high up in the air. I mean, it's hard to explain to people what that's like, right? You know, my friend said I had a Top Gun uh, phobia, uh, and I said, "What do you mean? That's not a phobia." They said, well, no, you're right. You're kind of like a top come obsession. And I said, I don't even, what are you talking about? It's like a movie. And they said, no, you know, you're, you're obsession to fly, your obsession to be in the air. And I said, you know, I've given up the pilot thing, but to jump out of a plane out of 120 miles an hour and hear nothing in the air. The minute you that chute pops up, the beauty of that experience is breathtaking to me. Uh, albeit it's a very short flight. It's nothing like you flying. But there's something about who you've become that you must not have thought much in life was going to keep you back. And yet at the same time, everything in life is going to keep me back. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, things unravel in, in strange ways sometimes. And you know, I've thought about this often. I think of very important key turning points in my life where something happened that I took advantage of or someone held a hand out and uh, gave me a boost up. Um, but, but it's just you got to make what you can out of what you got. You yeah. know, yeah. In the beginning, it didn't seem like I was getting much, you know, but. Uh, and and I think that that's where a lot of successful people come from is you, you learn to work with what you have. Um, and I told you a minute ago, I, I've become a real fan of Mike McCowich and yes. reading his book, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur and Profit First and some of those. But his feelings were just reiterate what I've already already believed. And oh, that, you yeah. know, the, the less you have, the, the bigger the chance you have at success. Um, 
it's just it's 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 out of necessity. You you have no choice. I mean, I, I had absolutely no choice. My choice was to either figure out how to make a living and and, and be successful, or or to be homeless. You know, and and I don't know, become an addict and live in the streets. I, uh, those two paths don't seem that. I mean, it's it's a fork in the road, but you could easily take either one of them. There's they're a nanosecond apart, though. I mean, I totally relate. I mean, there's a nanosecond apart. You know, my friend, Dr. Jean Houston, talks about certain moments of life, like a junk time moment. And I, too, love that book, by the way, Profit First. I mean, there's just something about it that's so intriguing to people like me. But what you're talking about is there are pivotal moments that you have to. I don't even know how to describe it. We talk about it as decision making, but I think it's much more than that. It's almost like you're channeling something to do the thing that will take you to either one path or the other. And I know that there are so many things in your life like that. You know, what have been the moments in your life that you can recall today as you think about as you think about the book, this book? I know there are many more. And you think about your success and you think about where you are today. What would you say are your top pivotal moments where you had to make what I call critical choice decisions? I mean, there have been a number of them. One that came to mind today um, was because of something else I'd read from someone else. And I was doing this big project and trying to open a giant store. And um, like many big projects, I always have this moment where I'm in over my head. I should not have done this. Please get me out of this mess. And then you have that moment where I'll take a loss or just anyway, I was at that point and I'd run through all of my money. And this store was not going to open. I, it was just, um, it cost so much more to do everything than I thought it was going to cost. And um, I come home to what's you normally considered junk mail. And there are all these credit card offers. And this light bulb goes off. It's like, this is my only hope. And I just started filling out every, this is back when you would mail them in. And I filled out every single application. Um, one of those was with Wells Fargo. I still have a line of credit with them today that I established back, I don't know, 20 years ago to do this. And I got enough credit cards to, to sort of finish the project. And we got the store open, not knowing whether it was going to be a success or not. And it was a huge success. Um, but it was, it was that decision to go forward at all costs. Um, yeah. one of them. And there've been a few like that. There's probably some that are more significant, but we all have those moments. And, um, later on in life, I've ado- I adopted this, um, this sort of, I don't know what you call it, a cheat in that um, when I'm forced, when I'm, when I'm, when I have a decision in front of me uh, and it used to just be big decisions, I would use this simple filter over what am I going to wish I'd done? Uh, and I put that, you know, I started with big things like that. And I, that might've been the project that really got me to start thinking that way because I was so happy with the result when I got done. I employed a lot of people. Um, the, the store was hugely successful um, it did a lot of good for the ecology, the economy. And then I I got to thinking about how hard that had been and, and how I have a lot of difficult decisions in life. And sometimes I don't always make the right choice. And I've applied this to things as simple as, should I eat another piece of pizza? <laughs> I mean, it it, it, it it maybe that's not the best example, but... Oh, it's a uh, good example. It's very good. I went through this the other night. So that was perfectly right there. You must be You must be like sitting in my living room. But it is a good, it is, it, I love that you talked about that because life without regrets. Yes. Yes. Right. right? Life without in, in regrets. Small or large, you know, that, that is, and this does, it applies to everything, you know, from um, should I call my grandmother or should I go to the gym? You know, yeah. if you, you look at every decision you make as if you were in the future and you're trying to decide whether you wish you had done that or not. Right. And it makes 
it makes knowing what the right decision is much easier. Uh, it doesn't always make doing it any easier, but it, 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 it helps firm your position up. This is, I know that by doing, making this choice A instead of B, that I'm going to be happier with myself later on. You know, what you're talking about is such a, a tipping point, a learning point for so many people. I want, I want to ask you a question. I mean, the timing of your book, the timing of what you're doing is so perfect. Um, it's not like all of a sudden you weren't there and you're there now. This is a life's journey that you're talking about. This is a way to really look at people and say, I don't have to be the label you've put on me. I don't have to be that. I'm working with a young person now, or a friend of mine is, I'm, I'm trying to assist ADD, ADHD, anxiety, awful relationship. And sometimes you feel you nobody understands you. You're having a hard time explaining yourself. Who were some of the people that put a hand out to help you come up? Well, I think the most significant was a father figure by the name of Ron. Ron Fleming was and is about um, probably 20 years older than I am. We were more friends than anything else. Um, and, um, you know, I was in Texas alone, you know, by myself, teenager. Uh, he saw me in a bad situation. I, was, I had a, a job selling cars for a guy that... Uh, I just shouldn't have been around. And he kind of came up and scooped me up and then got me started in my own business. But he offered so much advice along the way. And so many, uh, Ron is a lot like I he came from the school of hard knocks. And um, so his, his advice hit home, you know, it was, it was coming from somebody who I respected and um, admired. And I wanted to be like Ron, you know, Ron was admirable, you know, his word was great. And he, but he would tell me funny things along the way. I'll never forget some of them. It, so when, when, he, when Ron turned 50, he said, if I had ever known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. And, <laughs> time, and that's when I started to get my act together physically. I'm like, you know what? He's got a point there. Yeah. And another one, it was more of a joke, but we were at an auction. We were in the car, in the car business. And um, that business in Texas back at that time in the 80s and 90s was not known for the, not the most ethical folks in business. And Ron told me, he said, that the car dealer's code of ethics is never lie steal or cheat unless absolutely necessary and it yeah. had a lot to do with just the the filter on life like you, you've got to try to do the right thing yeah you can't I mean, always you got to try you got to try and you know it's interesting i was taught i was doing a show the other day this is my um uh, 33rd year in an alcohol recovery much longer for narcotics way much longer and you know i think about the people or the person I met back in, I don't know what year, 1972, that changed my life. You know, uh, a man from a man from Ghana, Africa, who walked in and watched me playing ping pong table tennis at a table tennis club in a full cast. I had a full cast on my left leg. And he walked in and he looked at me and he, he I couldn't hardly understand him. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I looked at this guy. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea that this was like the national, like whatever champion. And he, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm from New York. So you can imagine, right? And really tough kid. I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? What does it look like I'm doing? He said, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, I just stopped for a minute. And I said, I'm trying to practice with a full cast. And he said, but what are you doing? And I said, oh, you mean why, right? The English. He said, yes, why, why, why are you doing it? And I looked at him and I said, I love to play. That man became my coach, walked me into state championships. I'm state championship today. I love the sport. But when somebody stops 
to whisper something like that in your ear. It is unpredictable and it could help you turn crisis into the most incredible things. How would you speak to the people today, regardless of age, that maybe don't fly, or in my case, don't, maybe they don't like, they don't jump out of a plane, maybe don't have the experience. What can we say to them today based on what you've written in this book to say, don't give up, people? Don't give up. Well, you know, first off, you know, I suffer from the two biggest problems I personally have are anxiety and ADHD. And um, we, I think we all have anxiety yeah. to some extent. And we, whoever it is, needs to learn to cope with it. Yeah. Learn your own tools, take advice from others, find out what works for you uh, to keep the anxiety at bay. Stay away from the prescription drugs if at all possible. I'm, that's the best advice I can give you in that regard. As far as ADHD goes, I don't see it as a handicap. Um, it is uh, something that has to be dealt with. But the reason the reason we're attention deficit is that there's so many thoughts going through our heads. And if you're one of these people out there who suffer from adult ADHD or a child with ADHD, if you can if you can really think about what's going on inside your head and realize that you have so many more thoughts than everybody else out there every day, and they're different they're difficult to curtail. Um, even as an adult, it, it's taken me a while, but I would act out too many of these thoughts. And I've learned through time that just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. I have three large companies today that I, I managed to run effectively and have opened others along the way and either sold them to somebody or done something else because I have all these ideas all the time and I feel the need to act on them. Like I have this idea, this is, would be a great business for something this will solve a problem. That's what a lot of people suffer from with ADHD. And then especially in school age, your, your head is so full of things and ideas that um, you can be mislabeled and they just, you know, you're an underachiever, or, you know, they'll, they'll have all sorts of things to call you. And, and you're really probably more intelligent than most. You, you just have a hard time focusing because there's so much going on up there. So my advice is to, you know, learn to deal with both of these things. These are, these are not probably not going to go away. This is you. And, um, Anxiety is there for a reason. You know, it, it can be good. Too much of it, obviously not. But um, anxiety comes up when when you've got problems you need to face or you, you need to sort something out. Um, you just don't want to dwell on it. Use what you can, you know, and, and I, I've got all sorts of cheats. The technology today has made things a lot easier. Oh, Back yeah. then, it was all paper lists, you know, <laughs> and, you know, still today. So keep, keep this in mind. Um, you know, people who, who only know the shiny side of Rick, think that everything's magical. But if I'm going to go run errands in my car and I've got three things to do, I have to write them on a sticky note and take them with me because it's like walking my dog. I'll see a squirrel, you know, and, and then all of a sudden I have forgotten why I even left the house. And if I don't, it's very likely that I'm going to come back and have not completed one of those things and not realize it until I get in the house and see the list that I had there. I'm like, ah, oh, got to get back to the car and do this again. So I have a lot of coping mechanisms and I suggest that anybody who's, you know, trying to better themselves finds out what works for you, you know, what makes me happy, what causes me to have less anxiety, how do I channel this ADHD into something positive and uh, just build your own toolkit. You know, I, I, I know this is a, a short interview, but I, I want to make sure everybody knows. Let's just find, if you could take a minute. Can you let folks know, one, how they can find out more about you and how they can get a copy of the book? Let's just take a moment to do that if you could. Absolutely. Well, so my name is Rick Culleton, and that's uh, 
probably the easiest way to find me is on my own website. It's rickculleton.com and Culleton is spelled C-U-L-L-E-T-O-N. There's links to the book, other business ventures I've got going on, my Facebook account, wherever. I'm pretty easy to find. My Facebook page is public. I'm in, on Instagram, although I'm not real good with selfies, so there's not a lot, <laughs> a lot on that page. Um, but yeah, so if, if you if you want to reach out, that's where I am. In, in your book, I want to talk about a couple of things in your book before we pop off here. But in your book, you talk about optimism. And uh, it's been a fascinating journey. Uh, you know, I am the owner of a, a fastest growing positive talk radio network. We're going to launch 10 channels in about three months. We built technology to do it. Um, and people look at me and say, here she goes. Pollyanna Patty is thinking positive talk and positive media is going to work. And it's fascinating because as as dreadful as some of the moments of my life have been to this day, I'm still optimistic. And, you know, but you talk about that in the book. How critical has that been for you? It's very critical. You know, if you if you start the day out with a negative attitude, nothing good is going to happen. And, you know, I start most of my days, I still start with email. And usually there's nothing good in the email box. I mean, there's I no, no way around it. I deal with it. And then I, I put it on my mind and I go on. And I've had some of the best opportunities come my way on what started out to be some of the worst days. Yeah. And if I stuck my head in the sand and went through that, then I'd be nowhere. So you have to have a positive attitude. And then once you've experimented with that and, and realized that, one, the positivity that you project makes the people around you positive. Now you're in a more enjoyable environment and that you reap the benefits of all this positivity. It just comes naturally. I don't have to try to be positive. I wake up in the morning happy. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. There have been times in my life where I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I've, I've had issues, um, but I work through them. And in the vast majority of the time, I'm happy to be here um, and sincerely enjoy life. And, and I'm looking for an opportunity. And these days, it's not necessarily an opportunity for myself, but I enjoy finding opportunities to help people, whether it's just making an introduction between two people, giving some, some someone some advice or or rolling my sleeves up and giving them, giving them a physical hand. Yeah, I did that yesterday. I think I have a little poison ivy from that today, but that's okay. It's like a small side effect in the scheme of life. A little poison ivy is just a reminder of what good work outdoors feels like. Rick, one last question. Thank you for today. Again, please give out your website. I'd love to know your personal message. I'd, I'd love to know what you'd like to leave all of us with today. You know, the thing is, we all, to some degree, none of us are completely unique as much as we might think that our problems are are only ours. Um, seek out others that are that are like yourself. Get advice, professional or from a friend, and uh, and be open about the situation. We all suffer from the same stuff, you know. And I think if this book is even anything at all, hopefully it's a point for some people to start some conversations. I love it. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing and what you're what you speak to. And I totally agree. From experience, does come strength. Doesn't matter how many letters I've got behind my name, I rarely talk about them. I know now that I went to school, so people could call me Doctor Pat on the radio. Hello. <laughs> that little doctor pad cost $150,000, just saying. But here's the point, right? Experience, strength, and hope. Isn't that the way to roll? Absolutely. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for everything you do. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Back. ever get the feeling you aren't in the right place? So you decide to change jobs only to realize that might have not been the right one either? 
That's where the Purposeful Practice comes in. I offer individual coaching sessions to help you discover and pursue the career or business venture that matches your values, passions, strengths, and motivations. Book a free discovery session by visiting www.thepurposefulpractice.com. Are you looking to up-level your leadership style to create greater results and have more success, but not sure where to start? Executive coach Camilla Kahlberg can help. Recognized as one of the most inspiring coaches by EU Business News and regarded as one of the top mindset coaches in the world, she is helping clients thrive through personal and professional change. Camilla knows firsthand on what it takes to achieve what you may be missing in your life. Visit KahlbergCoaching.com for a free consultation. Are you ready to take the first step towards thriving and be all that you are? Hi, I am Tanya Budson, CEO of Organically Meta, a love-based business created to help you make new choices for a better life. With Heal Your Life Coaching, you learn how to love yourself so you can achieve your wildest dreams. Start by visiting organicallymeta.ca. Activate your DNA with the light codes of creation and implement the life of your dreams with the help of Pam Bright, a multidimensional healer, a light language channel, and a spiritual transformational coach. Pam offers a variety of sessions to heal your mind, body, and soul vibrations. She will connect you with your spirit team, activate your chakras, and more. Not sure what service is best for your journey? Find out by scheduling a free discovery call by visiting brightbutterflynetwork.com. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Every time I hear that song, I'm just blown away. Welcome to the Dr. Pacho Mindfulness and the Epidemic of Loneliness with my very special guest, Brett Hill. He is a leading expert when it comes to mindfulness, conversations, consciousness. But this, this show today is at the very core of what we're seeing and experience in the world now. Some people want to call it an aftermath. I call it a moving forward activity and energy because we think that loneliness is something that you turn on and you turn off. It is like a light switch. That's what we think. And yet it's one of the most understated aspects that a person feels emotionally and lives because it's very hard to pinpoint it. And when it does get pinpointed, it's usually misunderstood, but not after today. Brett Hill is joining me here today. He is the host of a fabulous show. But besides all of that, he is somebody that takes a message about mindfulness, teaches it, brings it full circle into conversations that help us live the life we're living today. And this is one of those things. Wow, Brett, loneliness. Whoa, right? 
Um, it's a big deal. It really is. I want to talk about the thing I said. First of all, it's very difficult for people to admit that's what's going on in their lives. It's one of those things where you just don't hear it. But man, if you're an empath, you can feel it. Oh, yeah. If you're around your right, if you're around your right, it's 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 a feeling that's so hard to describe. What's your experience, you know, in working with people that are that are coming forward and saying, "Man, I'm in the middle of this, Brett." Well, there's a lot of people in the world who are. I guess the thing I want to do is sort of level set the conversation, meaning that I think that in general, people are so accustomed to being disconnected from nourishing relationships that that's become the new normal. And people don't notice that it's missing in many ways because it's what it's the, just the way things are in the world today. There's just a, um, a, well, literally, the U.S. Surgeon General said it's an epidemic of loneliness. And, and Gabriel Monte wrote a book on the, what he called the myth of normal. And it really is we're living in a world where our everyday lives are much more disconnected from each other and from mm, meaningful engagement in life that that has just become sort of like the way we just no one notices it uh, interactively because that's what everyone is doing. But then when you have these moments where you, f you check inside yourself or you get sick or you're at home and you're, you know, COVID hits and everybody checks in and goes, you know, I feel kind of unsatisfied with the way my life is going. And I don't, and I don't think it's about me. It's just, you know, if you look around, you realize I'm just not, I just don't have enough connection in my life. And then you start to it, once you once you have that awareness, you can then begin to take an action to like how do I find connection and meaning? And that is the that's when you discover people like me and like you to to uh, you know what's really true and nourishing for people. You know, I want to talk about a little bit and spend a few more minutes. We talked about this last time we chatted about why is this happening. And I want to get your perspective because, you know, we're going to talk about mindfulness and we're going to talk about it, you know, in terms of how it becomes uh, a solution, an option. But there are many things we touched upon last time that even in the outside world doesn't seem lonely, does it? How could you possibly be lonely? You talk to so many people, you're on your phone, you're, how could you possibly be lonely? Isn't that a misunderstanding of what we're talking about a little bit? Right. It's not about just talking. It's not about activity. It's about connection. It's about letting yourself feel connected to the people that you're talking to and the things that you're doing in a way that it feels meaningful to you. So it's one thing just to check the box and say, oh, you talked to this and you know, we talked that and the conversation was fun and interesting and to kind of keep it on a content level. Mm -hmm. So all these days is about content. It's kind of like, oh, here's an article. Here's an interesting fact. Here's a TikTok. Here's a, you know, a reel. And it's like 30 seconds of something interesting. But to really connect to someone heart to heart, soul to soul is not uh, is a skill. It's a skill that can be developed. And that's what my whole podcast, The Connected Conversation, is about, is developing the capacity to bring 
who you are into everyday conversations in such a way that even small conversations can feel pretty deeply connected and not just conversations, but also the, just the day-to-day activities of your life. And that's, that's where you start to feel like there's meaning in your life because you're bringing the meaning. The meaning isn't out there. It's in you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in the world we're living in and we're looking at these, you know, we're talking about uh, loneliness. You mentioned the Surgeon General. Okay. Let's just have a moment of that. You know, when a statement like that is made about loneliness, one would often ask, what the heck can I do about it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the conventional ways of thinking, People are really struggling with that answer. But let's talk about mindfulness and how it could help. Absolutely, because the first step to getting connected is to be mindful of, am I connected? And and then I ask this question all the time on my podcast, what are you connected to? So, for example, someone's, oh, I'll tell you a little story. Um, There was a a guy I was working with who was a famous therapist, and I saw him one day walking down. I lived in Boulder at the time, and walking walking down the mall, the Boulder Mall, and I saw him from afar. And he, um, as he approached me, uh, I said, oh, hey, how's it going? And he looked at me, and he stopped for just a moment. And he he didn't just go, oh, I'm doing fine. He stopped for just a moment and then he kind of tilted his head a little bit and he paused and he kind of checked in with himself. You could kind of see him. And then he said, you know, I'm not doing that great. And I thought, oh, wow. okay. now I know this guy well enough to know I didn't need to go try to fix him or anything. I just, I just said, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I hope I'm, I'm, I hope things get a little bit better for you. He goes, Oh, then we passed on. Now I'm telling that story because that was a moment of mindfulness. He used my what's, what are you, how are you doing as a moment to actually check in and say, oh, I'm not doing that well. And tell me the truth. And as a, as a result of that, we had a little a moment where we connected in a meaningful way from what otherwise would have been just a habituated response. Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Hey, great to see you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. And, and there's nothing wrong with that but it's not very connected, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, this is really the conversation about mindfulness and social isolation. And it's more than social isolation. And those are great terms, but boy, the feeling, I mean, just when you, when you lean in, right, when you lean into the feeling of isolation, it is very dense. It can be. Right. Um, and, and yet, um, let's talk about how we can get people to move the needle a little bit here. Well, right. So the first thing you have to do is, this is something I teach my clients and my my coaches whenever I teach coaching, is everybody has something in them that lights them up, right? What is that? You know, it's like, let me just ask you, Dr. Pat, what do you love that you look at and are you experience that happens in your life? And every time you see it, you just go, oh, wow, that is just so great. Doing what I'm doing right now. Okay, there you go. And see what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Build your life around it, right? So yeah. someone who's sitting around and they don't have that, they're not feeling that connected. They don't feel that in, enlivened. The question is, where are the parts of your, where is your aliveness? And, and not in a way, oh, my aliveness is pushed away and I can't get there. But what's simple and direct? Like, do you like sunsets? Do you like trees? Do you like puppies? Do you like babies? Do you like music? What is it that you actually like? 
to do and or, or what is it that lights you up automatically and connect to that to as a beginning connect to that multiple times a day on purpose it needs to be simple it needs to be accessible and it needs to be something that is uncomplicated. So I said simple. So it's like, you know, you step outside, you look at the sky, you go, oh, wow, that sky is so beautiful. Yeah. Let yourself feel that. That's the very, very beginnings of beginning to study what am I connected to in a conscious and intentional way. I woke up this morning, I get up early, I'm an early riser. And you know, we're, we're getting a little bit of heat wave, but this morning it was cool. So I start to open up the windows, I go to the front room, and I open up the window and right smack in a road in front of my house was an old friend called the coyote. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, it's the it's the medicine I needed. Coyotes, of course, have very strong, brave, bold, spiritual, but the, it was like right out there in the road, right? It was out in the road. And I just stopped, must have heard me raise the window to take a look. And we just had that moment where we connected and I thanked it. I thanked it for the message. You see, these are moments of connectedness that are hard to explain until you experience them. But once you experience them, I walk away from that and I have a whole energy about what is the message from you, Coyote, for me today? And I'm telling you, own that street, not even on the lawn, like walking, trotting right down there, right down, right in the middle of Bothell, just hopping itself right around there. I have no idea where it was going. But that those are moments of connection that I think we're talking about. When we come back from break, that set the tone for my day. Mm. That helped me, that moment, exactly. right? Of a of a day, I'm getting ready to go out of town for a talk, and but that moment stopped me, Brett. It stopped. Oh, is it too hot? Is it? Uh, am I packed? It stopped me. Connected to something deeper, much deeper. Exactly. We're going to take a short break, everybody. When we come back, more with Brett Hill. We're going to tell you how you can work with Brett. This is not just a conversation with Brett. This is this is his his place. This is the work he does in the world, the help he provides people with on one of the toughest in my life, the heaviest feelings, loneliness. It is the thing that killed my mother. And mm -hmm. so I know it and I felt it. When we come back, more to talk about. What are you connected to? Or what are you disconnected from? Tune into the Connected Conversation with Brett Hill on TTRlive.com and learn how to avoid unnecessary suffering and activate your mind-body connection. Step into a life that works for you. Flourish and express our natural creativity and exuberance as you learn how to look deep within and find your natural allies and connect authentically with yourself, others, and the world. To learn more, visit theconnectedconversation.com. The Relevance of Now podcast has been created to assist you in remembering, embracing, embodying, and enjoying your true self, your essence, and your true power that is constantly expanding and unfolding. Within the Relevance of Now, you are stepping out of the requirements to be other than who you are as you remember and experience the uniquely beautiful facet of creator that you are. For more information, visit williamlinville.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? 
Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Festa Della Donna with Esther Graham honors all women far beyond a single day of celebration. Regardless of your race, gender, sexual orientation, or religion, Esther helps you rise to your full potential to live fully in God's plan and to do what you were divinely created to do. Festa Della Donna offers programs that help you fulfill your dreams and desires. For more information and to get your free copy of the Festa Della Donna Retreat Self-Care Guide, visit fdbwomen.com. I'm Jim Fannin. I coach champions. 15-minute consult. No obligation. But when you come in, bring us your worries, and we're going to help you get rid of it. But I know all the Zoniacs, you got the mountain that you want to climb, and we're here to help you climb your own personal Mount Everest. You can send me a personal email, askjim at jimfannon.com, or just go to jimfannon.com. Be in the zone. It is the only place to be. Are you ready to soar? Serena Nigma's mission is to help you create the life of your dreams. Unlock your fullest potential with her one-on-one and group coaching sessions. Or balance your energy with a Reiki session. Create changes you want to see in all areas of your life. To wake up and level up, visit serenanigma.podia.com. What makes a coach irresistible, extraordinary, and successful? The Coaching Academy has graduated hundreds of students who have built the most fulfilling coaching businesses. That's because the Spiritual Life Coaching Certification, based on the proven formula Rewire Your Brain for Success, is an innovative program designed to equip you with the knowledge and skills to support you in your journey of becoming an elite league coach. Inquire today by visiting coachingacademy.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on. Hey, Brett, before we, we're going to be talking about, yeah, Surgeon General, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about mindfulness, how it reduces social isolation. But this is the work that you teach. Let's just start with that. Um, I want to know how people can find out about what you teach and how they can work with you here. What is the best way? Sure, you can go to my website at themindfulcoach.com. It's just themindfulcoach.com. And there you can find a way to uh, get up on my newsletter, which is a great way to stay in touch because I have a lot going on. And then um, and then also you can schedule an appointment and we can just chat and see if there's a, if it's good for us to work together because that's that's the best way because I have a, you know, you have to have a good rapport with your coach. And so it's like, uh, let's get on the phone and or Zoom and see how we can work together or not, as the case may be. But in any event, I'll do my best to try to help people. Yeah, you're so right about that, because connecting is connecting. And especially when you work with someone, you know, there is an energy that coexists between people. And that is a very special relationship that you have, especially the type of coaching you do and how you do it. That connection is very special. 
Yeah, it's it, it, the relationship becomes part of the teaching mechanism in a way. It's kind of like you have to. I teach coaches how to build trust and rapport, and so it's kind of like that's really yeah. it's really an important part and of uh, of uh, the coaching relationship. And so, but to be honest, you know, not everybody is a good fit for everybody because we're all different. We're like different. We're like different instruments in the orchestra, and some of them play beautifully together, and some of them are a little bit less, uh, more of a more of a challenge. That's right. That's right. Is <laughs> I I love classical music at some level, but even some classical music is it just makes my ears screech. Um, let's talk a little bit about this this idea about older populations. I mean, every time you turn around, I, I counted them once because I get bored sometimes with television. So I counted how many commercials that come on, how many kinds were focused on people that were were of the older age, how broken uh, people are, and how if you buy this, it will fix you, right? Uh, what is happening there with that? Well, it's crazy. It's kind of like, you know, they want to um, paint the older population as, as basically a group of people that needs a lot of medical help. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the news, I'm like we were watching the the evening news the other day, and it was just like, take this pill, take this pill, take this pill. What was you know when I'm going? Oh my God, what's the message here? It's like you know I need I need help. Um, but to have a vibrant sort of connection to life, and they would paint people as wanting that, and then they show. Oh, but if you take this pill, you'll actually get to have that. And so you know, it's kind of like there's a, the message there is that there is an outside in solution, and it needs to be. Really there are medical needs for those kinds of things but overall it's like the whole message for the entire uh, culture in some way is that you'll have happiness if you just have the right stuff if you can just acquire enough if you can just be wealthy enough good looking enough connect you know uh, popular enough that, that will bring you happiness and the truth is it won't now there's nothing wrong with having things but what you really need to do you can have a lot and be miserable. And there's story after story of people who will tell you that very rich people who are extremely unhappy. So if that's so, then why put the acquisition in front of your happiness? Just, just fast forward to happiness since anyone can have it. And that begins with connection to meaningful uh, interactions in your life. And that's with nature, with your, with your culture, with your family. And if you don't have that, you have to find where it lives in you and then um, step into those things as best you can. And it begins with what I was talking about earlier, finding what lights you up and then consciously on purpose, engaging those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, what I love about this and I love about the conversation is that um, that is the first step. I believe I believe if we look for that thing that lights us up and I say this without judgment, you know, a lot of times when you hear people talk about the thing that lights you up, there's some kind of criteria. This is not criteria. Yeah, I love hitting a little white ball on a green table. And that lights me up. And to do it with my friends, forget it. It's like the 4th of July every day. And <laughs> I get laughed at a, a lot about that. But it doesn't matter what other people think, does it? But yet we really weigh that in heavily sometimes. 
Well, yeah. And if you're doing that, then you're basically disempowering yourself. Right. And that's that's the thing you have to look at. That's one of the questions. The criteria is like it has to be something that's unconditional in the sense that, you know, if I look step out and I look at this, like I love the sky. Right. So I can look at the sky a million times a day and I can go. So amazing. I just can't get over how spectacular the sky is. And and because it's built into kind of who I am, I can use that and I do many times a day. I'll look at it and just go, oh wow. And I let myself really have that. That's the other part of it. It's not just noticing, it's deciding to let yourself feel how good it feels. And and this is in neurology, this is your limbic state system. This is your nervous system uh, changing into a state where you're experiencing something pleasurable and you're doing that on purpose by adding these this is a mindful moment because you're you're adding mindfulness a mindful moment to your life that feels good and because it's like you and the coyote right that felt good and then your day changes because of that totally kinds of things can change your day and um what is your life but a series of moments? And so the more of these good moments, delicious, yummy, yummy moments, I sometimes call them, the more of these you can have and you can have a lot of them, the better your day goes. And the better your day goes, the better your life goes. Somebody asked me if I thought that there was a, 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 a I forget the exact question, but if I thought there was this understated uh, uh, benefit that COVID provided. And I, I had to create the caveat and say it was an epidemic. And I was talking to a young person the other day and he used a four-letter word to describe it. But then I said, yes, I think it did. Because we're finding out now that more people looked at their lives and said, this is not my meaning. This is not my purpose. I mean, there's stories where the entire staff left the hotel industry and walked away from it. And so they found in the worst of the worst, they found a way in the middle of social isolation to go within. Is that a core of mindfulness? Well, it's a, it's, let's just say that that is an activator for mindful. Activator. You know, um, there's this, there's this notion that sometimes you have to have a, a force outside of you impact your life to shake up your world enough to cause you to reflect, right? So like, oh, what's what's actually going on in my world? And unless you're there's an interruption of some kind, sometimes you don't notice because you're just doing, 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 doing. So whenever something comes along and kind of knocks you sideways a little bit, you have to readjust your balance. And COVID was like that. It kind of like set us all back for long enough that we could actually be present with the fact that, you know what, I'm really having a crappy experience at work. This is not working for me in a deeper way. And I need for this to work for me in a deeper way. And once you once you have that realization, it changes everything. And that was what COVID did for a lot of people. That's why there was the great resignation. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of terms that, you know, we we think about, but it, but it happened at so many levels for people. And I know it's going to take a while for us to fully understand it, but we're understanding it deeply, especially in the workplace. That seems to be the area. Um, I, I would love to, again, let people know how they can find out about you. And I'd love to know the message you'd like to leave us with today, Brad. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at um, themindfulcoach.com. And then also there's a website for my podcast on your network, The Connected Conversation. So at theconnectedconversation.com. And I want to say, if you go to that website, there's a link there for a community meeting. So we can come and connect in real time, face to face, because people don't need another email. They want, so if you if you want to meet people who are involved and interested in mindful communication and connecting with each other in a deeper way, I'm, I'm having a meeting every month for uh, the Connected Conversation listeners. So come to the website, theconnectedconversation.com and register there. And I suppose, you know, the... <laughs> The message I want to leave with people is sort of like a blessing in a way. It's like I I wish great goodness and grace and, you know, unexpected grace, I should say, comes into your life in ways that, that, that are bountiful and surprising and that you are available to receive it. And to do that, just connect to the goodness that is right in front of you. Sometimes I say there are diamonds on the ground. You just have to stop and notice. And so don't, don't wait to get hit by a virus to stop and notice, right? You can just take a breath and notice what is it like to be in connection with me and my own, my world and uh, and that can be a very deep experience, and it can happen all the time. Yeah, and it's achievable for everyone. See, that's what I love about this. It's not just for you and me. You have helped people achieve this from many, many walks of life, and that's the message today. It's not for the 1% or 2% up there. It's for everyone. Brett, thank you so much for everything. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on, and remember what Brett said there is a way for you. It just requires a call. Just connect with Brett and explore. See if there's a pathway for you to step up and out of loneliness. We'll see you next time. Discover a new you at Mountains of Hope, the ultimate wellness retreat. Detox your body with doctor-approved juice fasting and IV nutrition, using fresh fruits and veggies from Colombia's rich soil. You will be tested throughout the process according to your and your body's needs for a personalized experience. Relax your mind with yoga, meditation, while learning to heal yourself by following a 9-week doctor-supervised protocol. Heal your soul with emotional support from our caring staff who will follow up with you for a year after your retreat. Mountains of Hope. Where transformation lasts. Here's a quick tip from Jason and Patricia at the Ecosystem Approach Show. This is for help with difficult communications with loved ones, bosses, coworkers, or even a teenager. Do this. Say to yourself, I direct all my resources in all dimensions to eliminate the barriers to direct, open, and honest communications with and then name the person. Take a breath and blow the barriers, the negative energy into the processor that you see behind us. Keep doing it and see what happens. The more you do it, the better the results. Want more information? Listen to our show every week. We teach you how to apply energy techniques to everyday life in ways that are practical and useful. See you Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific, or find us at theecosystemapproach.org.
Are you wanting more for your life? Are you ready to create your life with confidence and contribution? We all have a gift to give to the world. Becoming you is that gift. In order to truly live your life, you have to become you on purpose and with intention. Leah Rowling supports you in becoming you using the B method, consistently producing results for hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners. For more information, visit leahrolling.com.